Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to the Front Kicks and Throat Cuddles podcast, a show dedicated to the crazy world of mixed martial arts. Join your hosts, Laurel, Ty, and Jordan, as they break down all the latest and biggest news and bouts. This is the one podcast that will never let the fight go to the judges. Live from your favorite podcast listening device, it's time hey fktc crew we are back with another episode of the front kicks the coast podcast it's laurel it's ty and it's jordan as we alluded to last week with our short episode this episode is brought to you by a huge show that while we attempt to cover everything under the sun that we've missed because with UFC 292 coming, this could be a solid card depending on if the card remains intact. But that's kind of... <laughs> there have been kind of few hits already. But before we start this big episode, how how's everyone doing? And Jordan, is that sickness finally been knocked out? Yes, it has been knocked out. It's pay-per-view week, it's fight week. Feeling a lot better. And then before we came on, Laurel, our marathon runner, was sprinting back over to try to get deer on time so are you did you catch your breath i i have caught my breath it has been a busy week i have worked 38 hours as of today or no as of this morning at 10 o'clock but there's only 24 hours in a day how is that possible because i had a 16 hour day on monday a 14-hour day on Tuesday, that's 30, right? hmm And then I had a six-hour day yesterday, and I got to work at 7, seven this morning. So, yeah. So 39 hours. Oh, you mean by week? I thought you I thought I heard, did you hear 38 hours today? Yes, I did. As okay. of this morning at 10 o'clock, I had 38 hours. So it's you mean 38 hours this week, not 38 hours to, of a, this today. Oh, right. This week. <laughs> this like, week. Yeah, it's like, uh, Jordan, I'm pretty sure if my math's right, there's only 24 hours in a day. Yeah, I don't <laughs> know what's up in the world. Uh no said as of today at 10 o'clock i've worked 38 hours yeah but you said that you said today you worked 38 hours but you didn't say anything along with that so like wait did you work as of today as of today i heard just today right i'm not i'm I'm not rewind the tape okay all right let's go again But yes, we have a big show for you. Um, I mean, I mean, we've got some fight announcements. We've got cards to cover. We've got the final episode of Tough to cover. We've got two ninety two coming, which I'm, which I saw a little bit of the pre- uh, press conference, and there there are two fights on that main card you might want to keep an eye on, and one of them does include the title fight. And then the other one, obviously, is I think it's the um, 
uh, I don't know what they call it, but it's like the fight before the two title fights. I'm pretty sure. Actually, let me double check. Um, yeah, it's the fight before the two title fights. So those are two featured fights fight. I'd be keeping an eye on. Yeah, the featured fight. Featured fight. Thank you. I knew there was a word for it. I couldn't remember it. I keep wanting to say people's main event, but that doesn't sound right. Yeah. <laughs> but as guess we'll just get right into it and cover UFC Vegas 78. Um, how are we grading this card? Mm. Mm. Mm, it was right. <laughs> um, no, the prelims were really good, but the main card was not good. Yeah. That's how I'll grade it. Yeah, um I remember who it was. Laurel remembers um Katie. We had her on for the January pay-per-view. Um, she mentioned that the prelims were a lot better than the main card. And yeah. from my understanding, I would probably agree with that. Yeah. 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 Um, so, I mean, lo- I-, I looked at some highlights. I looked at some of the fights. Um, I- I'm like at the B, very close to a B minus for this main card. Yeah, week. I would give it like a C plus, maybe B minus. C plus. Yeah. <laughs> so we're about the same here. Um, let's just go ahead and run through it real quick then, since we gave it such low marking grades. Um, first we had Josh Freeman. Wait, am I saying that right? Josh Frem. Josh Frem. The Frem. D is silent. The D is silent. That's why. That's what threw me off. So Josh Frem defeated Jamie Pickett via via decision. Um, from what I heard, this was one of the fights I didn't get to see a lot of highlights from, but from the score and from the stats that I read, it looked like it was just one way traffic for one way traffic for Josh Frem. Uh, yeah, actually, friend of Cody Roar too, Josh Frem. Um, did mm-hmm. suck that uh he did miss weight uh before. So that kind of hurt him a bit, but nonetheless, he got the win. So a win is a win. Oh, a Josh Friend missed weight. Yeah. Oh, I for some reason I thought I heard Jamie Pickett miss weight, but maybe I, I was thinking someone on that. Yeah, it was missed Josh. weight. That's a bummer though. Yeah. Um, Laurel thought. What do you? What do you think of the fight? Um, it was okay. It was nothing um, mind-blowing, in my opinion. Josh mm-hmm. run. He was picked to win. He was kind of a... I don't know. It was kind of a... I don't think it was a... I think it was kind of an equal fight, but I felt like Josh Frem obviously just did a little bit more to, to win by a unanimous decision. So nothing, right. nothing earth-shattering. Okay. So, all right, so... I expect better of middleweights. <laughs> Why? Because the weight miss or just no, just performance. Because <laughs> oh, that's fair. <laughs> um, I'm actually gonna take a look real quick. I just want to take a look at some what in the world. Um, yeah, here we go. So let's see. Oh no, yeah, I would agree with you, Laurel. Just looking, I just looked at the stats. Like, there's a lot of control time for both guys. But as far as the striking, there was barely anything. Yeah. Uh, which is a shame. Um, 
the next fight, um, but AJ Dobson defeating um Tafon. And I heard I've heard his name like five hundred times this week, and I still can't get it right. I'm I'm not gonna try it. <laughs> um, I'll say though, I know this is one I got wrong because I know that both of you picked AJ Dobson, and man, I thought Tafon would do a lot better than what was shown. Yeah, this was like another case of like AJ Dobson did what he had to do to win. Mm-hmm. Really, nothing much to it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I was. I was. I agree. I was a bit um, disappointed in Tafon's performance. Yeah. I thought it would be different. Yeah. When looking at everything, like he was really good. Um, total strike to significant strike ratio. Mm-hmm. Um, Dobson wasn't really that great, but it was the control time, and it looked like um Dobson really like beat up on his legs too. Yeah. Um. One thing I will say about this fight that isn't kind of related to the fights. Um, I don't know if you two saw how uh, Francis Ngannou was upset that on the broadcast they said that Tafon was the only um, Cameroon fighter in UFC history. And like he took offense to that. Yeah, I did see that. That was uh, certainly a choice. Yeah. Yeah, someone... Definitely wanted to throw some. Well, not wouldn't say throw someone. Under is the bus, is but... he? He considers himself from Cameroon. Francis Naganu is from Cameroon, or is his background Cameroon and he's from America? He is originally from Cameroon. Okay, originally from Cameroon. Okay. Yeah, so I think he was he he's from Cameroon. He trained in uh France, if France. I'm not mistaken. Um, okay. Yeah, but his like his national I guess you'd say his nationality is Cameroon. Yeah, his nationality. Okay. Yeah. And so he was a little slighted when they said that Tafon was the only oh. Cameroonian fighter in UFC history. So you can see you can tell what yeah. the UFC thinks about Francis Ngannou at this point, which is not good. Um, all right, so the next fight, um, in- interesting for as long as it lasted. Uh, Yasmin Lucindo, who we're actually going to be talking about in a little bit, um, later on, I should say, uh, defeated Pollyanna Vienna via an arm triangle submission. And I'd have to say, I mean, as looking at the stats itself, um, Pollyanna did really well in the striking department, mm-hmm. but they, they said it was more of like a. It seemed like Yasmin was in control for most of the fight up until the point where she locked in that arm triangle choke. Yeah, I, I was uh, I was big Lucindo, and you all know me. I thought Lucindo was gonna beat the brakes off of her, and she did. I was for sure after that first round, though. I was like, maybe this is more evenly matched than what I think it is. And then, um, yeah, good submission. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Um, all right, and so now we get to our next fight. Um, 
Uh, Khalil Roundtree defeating Chris Dawkins. Uh, TKO didn't it did not take long for this fight to finish at all. And you see, I I kind of feel bad for Dawkins because like we were talking about like how he's moved down the light heavyweight and like oh things are gonna go well for him and man it just looked like it was the same story with him just not being able to absorb a punch without getting knocked down. Yeah, and he physically looked like he was in great shape. I think mm-hmm. he should still stay at light heavyweight. It's just Khalil Roundtree fights like he's always mad and pissed at someone. So, oh, yeah. I mean, he <laughs> just throws like he, he wants to kill someone. So, I mean, I can't even really fault Dawkins. I mean, guy was trying to kill him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. Yeah, I mean, just like the punch it, like, I, this is actually one of the ones where I did see a lot of the highlights. Like it was very like it looked like Dawkins was doing really well, but he just that he got caught with that straight punch and he just like fell flat and just couldn't defend himself. So I would. Be surprised if Dawkins he was potentially fighting. Um. There are there's an article not an article. Um someone tweeted something out that some of these fighters on this card were possibly fighting for their jobs here, and Chris Dawkins was listed as one of them. So it'll be interesting to see if like maybe he looked good enough at light heavyweights to where maybe they'll give him one more fight, or uh, Laurel's already shaking her head now. Like she's like Dawkins is getting cut. I didn't think he looked very good. Really? And I, I feel, I'm still confused at the knockout itself. It was, I don't know. I guess it wasn't. I feel like the contact was more. It wasn't forward. clean, huh? It wasn't clean. It wasn't clean. It was so bizarre to me. Yeah. When he, ugh, just so bizarre. <laughs> it it wasn't clean. It was towards the front of the jaw, and it was it was not nowhere near where you would traditionally see somebody get knocked out. And I, the I felt like the punch glanced him, or I I don't know. That dude gave up on on life in the octagon. Oh jeez, yeah. I'm looking at. Oop, um, yeah, I'm just kind of like observing it right now because I do have it up. Um, trying to see. Oh yeah, it didn't. Yeah, it definitely didn't look clean. It looked like it kind of hit his arm, and he just got knocked back. It was weird. Mm. I don't know. Oh, it look, so it looks like it hits his arm, but it like grazed past his arm, and maybe like hit him like slightly on the chin, like just enough to like surprise him for a little bit there. So I'm not that. Yeah, I would agree with you both. Like it did not look clean at all. It just looked like. He was trying, like, it looked like it was partially blocked, but Khalil just being the savage that he is and with the power he has, like, my goodness, like, if well, he... Then, if, the, then Chris Dawkins landed on the ground and didn't just bother to defend himself. Mm-hmm. I mean, I felt like he threw that fight. Yeah, he got hit, got knocked down. It looked like he, like, tried to turn around for a bit, but, and then the way Roundtree just came up and just... It looked like a wind-up punch. Like, he came in and wound up and hit him, like, at least, I think it looked like it was three to four times before 
the ref finally pulled him off. So, and then I think at that point, Christakis was like, um, yeah, I'm pretty sure like after that first shot, he's like, yeah, I'm done. I'm done. Yeah, it was weird. Yeah, that's a very strange knockout. I'll give you. I disapprove. <laughs> and I will never pick Christakis again because of that. Oh no! Will Jordan pick Chris Dawkins again? Because I'm pretty sure that was one of his picks. But yeah. I mean, I can I can kind of understand why you would pick him because of how what good he looked. Yeah, he looked physically in great shape. It just Khalil Rountree wanted to kill a man. That's all. Yeah, especially the follow up <laughs> punches. Like he looked like he was like head hunting right there. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I guess it is what it is. Um. But now we're at our coming events in which, okay, so I don't know if we talked, I know I talked to Laurel about it. I think we like talked like on the timeline. Um, So Cub Swanson defeated Hakeem Dawadu. Um, And I looked at the fight. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like how, how did Cub Swanson win that fight? He did it. He did not. The fuck he didn't. Yep. That's per. I mean, boom, mic drop, Laurel, boom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nothing about, I mean, and you two know that I can't, I can't do scoring, but I know damn good and well that Cub Swanson did not win that fight. Mm-hmm. So I'm not even counting it for a loss for us. <laughs> Thank you. Oh yeah, that's right. We all picked uh, Hakeem, didn't we? Yes. Yeah. And he won that fight. Anyone that thinks that Cub Swanson won that fight is out of their damn mind and doesn't watch a minute of UFC. Yep. Uh, let's see, Cub Swanson loyalists, um, people who don't know anything. Well, I shouldn't say people who don't know anything, but... No, yeah, people I who mean, don't I, know anything. Yeah. <laughs> I just, like, like, I looked at that fight. I'm, like, looking at all the... Like, even looking at all the numbers, I'm, like, how... In what... In what universe did Cub Swanson win that fight? Because I don't see any universe. Like you look at the numbers, Daudu outstruck him. Daudu had more control. Um, but everyone's making the argument that oh, the first round was pretty close. Like, um, no, it wasn't. No. Uh, second and- round was clear Daudu, and then everyone's like, oh, round three was close. Like maybe you can give it to Swanton. I was like, okay, maybe you can give it to Swanton, but I feel like I'd be okay. I would have done a 29-28 Daudu. I mean, and you could even make an argument, maybe a 30-27 for Daudu, but there's no way that uh, Cub Swanton took two of those three rounds. Yeah, even after the fight when they showed the the scorecard like they always do it was like even the people and at ufc did not think that cub swanson won that fight mm-hmm. <laughs> i mean cub swanson didn't even think he won yeah yeah you, that's right he and he had the most damage yeah mm. oh yeah yeah, so they um you know what I I I really want to see who the judges were for that card because if if it's one of the two Sal Diamato, Ron McCarthy, and Jacob Montavo. Uh, Sal Diamato, I can already tell you right away. Yeah. <sighs> what a mm. <laughs> and oh, everyone geez. says yeah, and everyone wonders why. Oh, 
there's not a problem with judging this, this like this this alone just kind of like accumulates all that's been wrong with judging this year because there have been some really bad ones but this one's probably the worst one i've seen this year well, at least Ron McCarthy and Saudi Amato got the, the main event right because knowing them, they probably would have went back to back. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But yeah, still uh, though, look look at the look at the scorecard. Total strikes, Swanson versus um, Dawadu, one hundred and seven to one twenty nine. Swanson had one to two takedowns, zero takedowns, zero submissions. 77 significant strikes, 95 significant strikes. Mm-hmm. How does that happen? Like, you should be able to look at a scorecard and say, oh, yeah, it matches up with the winner. Yep. No. Uh, let me take a look. I'm looking at the score. Okay, so. Oh, yeah, the scorecards are even all over the place. So. So Saldi Amato only gave the first round to Dawadu, which the first round I'll agree with that. Um, third round, okay, yeah, you could. There's a p- possibility. Actually, all three judges gave Cub Swanson that third round, and then yeah, ridiculous. two of the three judges um, gave Dawadu the second round. Um, Saldi Amato is the only one that gave Cub Swanson the second round. Um, but then Jacob and Ron McCarthy gave the first round to Cub Swanton. So I don't even know how that. <laughs> and I'll be like, in what, in what world did Cub win round two? Um, and then it's one round. <laughs> Change that right now or I will. Sorry. Um, yeah, I don't. Wait, let me see what Saul Diamato is. What? Yeah, Saul's is just. Mm, you should be able to contest those. I think, um, Jordan, let me know if I'm wrong, but I feel like Dawadu said that he was going to um, appeal it. Yeah, he was considering appealing it. Yeah. I think he should. Yeah, like that That alone should, like, like you sh- I'll have to see if, like, he has done it yet or not, but I would assume, like, that should be appealed. Um and I would love to see how they go back and like do the appeal process when it comes to fights that don't swing your way. Um, but right now it's in the books for Cub Swanson, but who knows? I mean, I feel like the appeal process will probably take a while, if anything. But it's going to be hard to overturn, especially when it's a unanimous decision. It'd probably be easier if it was a split. Yeah. yeah. Sadly, it's true. But Jordan, you were talking about the main event. Uh, I mean, Vicente Luque did what he had to do. Mm-hmm. Fresher, younger fighter, and uh, I'm glad uh, he got the win because uh, he was actually supposed to, and he really needed the win. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this one is interesting. I had, um, I think RDA won that first round, and then just from there. Vicente Luque was on cruise control because I think he knew I kind of wonder if he knew like losing that first round like oh I need to get it going because if I don't get it going and he ends up taking another two rounds I'm toast so 
I mean, it, it was definitely a good win for Vincent Luque. He did what, like you said, he did what he needed to do. He used, which I'm actually impressed that he was able to use um, the clinch game and the wrestling to help him win. Although I think he had almost gotten caught in a submission by RDA. I want to say it was the second or the third round, but he was able to break out of it. And just from there, he was smooth sailing from there. I agree. Good fight. It was a good fight. Yeah. Good fight on an otherwise eh main main card. Um, yeah. I would I'd probably say the Luque Dosanos, the Cleo Roundtree and the two and the I would say the two finishes and Vicente Luque and RDA was kind of what kept me at that B. Other than that, like if if it weren't for those three fights, then I'd probably probably be pretty close to a C minus. How old is RDA? Because he is looking old. 38, I believe, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, he just looked tired or something. Well, he's, he's 38. Been, yeah, he's been in the UFC for a while. Yeah. Oh, he actually turns 39 in October. Oh, there huh. we go. Um, but yeah, he's pretty, cl- I think he's pretty close. I mean, he's still, I mean, 32 wins and he's fought in, in 47 professional fights um but i would assume i mean most you not, not most ufc fighters um ufc fighters have fought well into their 40s before um i think i think rda is like in that mindset to where if he thinks he can still go he can still go he'll still go but mm-hmm. i would imagine he might get i mean and he hasn't been like wildly inconsistent either he's had a couple wins and then like he'll he'll get a loss here or there. Like it's not like he's I don't think Father Time's really caught up to him. He just ran into a really great fighter in Vicente Luque, who, as Jordan said, was refreshed, hadn't fought in a year. And it just Vicente Luque wanted it more. And I wouldn't be surprised if RDA strung along a couple more wins. Although I will say, as far as is RDA gonna be fighting for a title anytime soon? No. I, yeah, unless he can pull off some crazy win streak, he's not gonna be fighting for a title anytime soon. Yeah, I think he's just in for fun fights at this point. Yeah. But that does cover UFC Vegas seventy eight. Um. And Laurel, uh, we talked off. We talked off screen, and Laurel will not be doing the uh the updated standings. So Jordan, I was, I was irresponsible and forgot the notebook. <laughs> and Jordan um, thinks you very much for it. Yeah. I... <laughs> Actually, I think that Jordan. I think Hi, everybody, you... welcome to the QB school. I'm Jay. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to school now. Yay! That was an ad. <laughs> advertisements galore yeah it's all right i think i did catch up a bit you did i think um yeah you you got you got a plus one yeah you got got a plus one on me you you and i got a plus one slowly catch up (laughs) yeah let's see um and we throw out like the loss yeah you threw you threw out the cub swanson fight yes so if we if i look yeah so you guys you guys both got i think you guys both got me on the dobson fight 
for sure. And Jordan got me on the Vicente Luque one. But I did but I did get I did get you on the Khalil Roundtree one. So yeah, plus, that does sound right. Plus one. Yep. So all right, UFC two ninety two in Boston. Oh yeah. <laughs> You know, I just realized, like, usually for our pay-per-views, we have a um special guest, but I think because of how crazy our schedules have been, I'm like, eh. But I might be working on something for when we get close to 293, so keep an eye out. I mean, you better be cooking up something good. <laughs> I'm trying, I'm trying. Um... So normally when we come when we get to the pay-per-view cards, we usually have a fighter or a fight to watch, and so... As, as well, I was trying to go with the transition here, but I can't remember off the top of my head, so I'm just going to say it. Let's go ladies first. Laurel, is there a fighter or a fight that you are most looking forward to? Yes, there is, actually. I am looking forward to the Andre Petrosky and Gerald Mishart fight. Me too. That's mine. Very nice, very nice. I think that's going to be a good matchup. In fact, I actually really like the early prelims card, and I favor that over the prelims card. Really? Me and Laurel think alike. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My my fighter to watch is Andre Petrosky. I like him a lot, and that's going to be a very good fight. Yeah. That's a really good fight. Um, yeah, so... Oh, actually, it's funny. Um, so you two picked the Petrosky Mearshart fight, and mm-hmm. the fight I'm actually gonna be watching is also on the early prelims. Um, but I'm gonna be looking at the Kareen Silva versus Mariah Moros fight. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have a striker versus submission specialist type of fight. Um, Karini Silva is two and zero in the UFC. Both wins via submission. Moros is coming off a tough test loss to Jennifer Maya, who is a strongly competitive fighter. It was probably, um, trying to think. It was Moros's toughest test to date. Um, hold on, something just happened. Give me one second. So with Mariah Moros coming off that tough loss, like. And it's it's actually kind of weird to me that, I mean, it was a hi- Jennifer Maya is like highly ranked, and I think it was like a risky fight for Jennifer Maya to make because it was gonna mean a cost in her ranking if she lost to Moros, and Moros would be I think top seven if I'm not mistaken, but she handled her she handled it, and now she gets to face virtually a newcomer in Kareen Silva, um. I think it's going to depend on if this fight goes to the ground or if it stays standing, because if Moros can keep it standing, I think she has a chance. But if Silva can catch any limb or any neck from Moros, it could be over. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I just want to point out that the other featured, uh, the other early prelim of that fight um, is Andrea Lee versus Natalia Silva. And I will be rooting I will be rooting like crazy for Natalia Silva to win this fight. We got it. Uh, for reasons that I'm pretty sure a lot of people are crazy know, that so. you can crazy that you can be. Oh, we have an echo here. 
visit me. <laughs> Crazy, you can be ranked um, 13th in your division, but be the underdog. Yeah. Yep. By <laughs> that much. You're, you're definitely like glitching a little bit. And she just froze. Um, well, while we wait for her to get unfrozen, um, let's talk about UFC 292. Um, so the first fight is they're starting this fight off this card off Am with a bang. Frozen? You just got frozen. Yep, you're still frozen. Um, Jordan, why don't you start us off with Marlon Cheeto Vera versus Pedro Munoz? Marlon Cheeto Vera versus Pedro Munoz. I'm pretty sure Chris Weidman and Brad Tavares is opening up the main card. Oh, are they now? Yeah. Let me check. Let's see. Last minute switcheroo because they were on the press conference as well. Oh, no. According to ESPN, it's still Cheeto versus Munoz. Weidman, it says Weidman versus Tavares is going to be the uh, featured prelim. Oh, well, that's interesting. Um, then anyway, uh, I'll go to my notes for the cheeto verified <laughs> um i actually do like this fight though it's a bantamweight fight i think bantamweight's the best division right now mm-hmm. um it is a uh bit of a tricky matchup because cheeto vera is good it's just he starts off so slow and that mm-hmm. i hate that it's such a problem for me in picking fights and determining the winners yeah but Good thing is Pedro Munoz is not much of a uh, fast starter anyway. Right. He kind of just di- like whatever his opponent is dictating the pace, he would just go with it. Mm-hmm. So I think that pays in his favor. So I'll go with Cheeto Vera. Nice. Hmm. Has Laura returned from the land of the frozen? I am. I've returned <laughs> from the land of the frozen. I had to go back on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> We're picking, we're picking, we're picking. Yes. Oh, yes. I'm going with with Cheeto. Okay. Big fan of Marlon Barra. Come on, Ty. Do it. Now I'm going (laughs) Cheeto. Oh, man. (laughs) You are not going to convince me otherwise because I've seen seen Pedro Munoz fight quite a few times. While, yes, he does have that spectacular knockout of Cody Garbrandt, but a lot of people have been getting spectacular knockouts of Cody Garbrandt. Although I think I would pay attention to this fight because if Cheeto does win this fight, I think he's next in line for the title, no matter what happens. If if Sterling stays or if he drops it and then like if Sterling ends up, well, he's probably going to try to go for, let me actually ask, ask this real quick. So, and we'll talk about altering Sterling in a little bit, but if he wins, is he going to try to go for champ champ status or is he going to vacate Bantamweight and go for featherweight? I think the time being, he would uh, technically still be like the 135 champ going up to 45, but eventually he would, he would have to vacate the 35. Okay. So I guess in a chance that he would try to like go for the champ champ status and win or lose, he'll vacate the belt. Yeah. Okay. All right. So got that down. Um, yes, yeah, so we're all picking Cheeto. So check here. I'll just uh, I'll do the 
marking this week if I have my pen around here. Ah, I do have my pen here. Check. All three of us. All right. Our next fight um, is Damon Blackshear versus Mario Bautista. So this was where Cody Garbrandt was supposed to be, but he pulled out of the fights. Um, any update as to what the, what he pulled out with? Because I can't remember for the life of me. Uh, with Cody Garbrandt, um, I don't know if it was disclosed or not. As I search this up, I found out in my group chat what it was, but I don't know if I can even say. Okay. Um, but yeah, it was uh, it was injury related and all that. So I okay. think that's all I can say. Uh, undisclosed injury. Okay. Um, and so Damon Blackshear is actually going to be fighting on one week's notice because he fought on the prelims of last week's card and pulled off and became only the third fighter in UFC history to pull off the elusive twister submission. Yeah. Um, but he's going up against a really tough guy in Mario Bautista. Um, See if I if I knew a little bit more about black about Damon Blackshear. Um, I mean, right now I'm gonna take a look and see what the odds are for that. Yeah, so right now Bautista's a minus two twenty five, and Blackshear's a plus one eighty five. Um, I nearly went with Blackshear just because of how spectacular his UFC debut is, but I can't see myself going up going against Mario Bautista, especially after. What he did, I think it was not not even that long ago. Um, yeah, back in March when he had that submission. Actually, he's won his last four fights. Three of those four have come by submission. Um, he had recently beat uh, Guido Canetti. That's what I'm thinking of. Um, so, yeah, give me Mario Bautista. Um, I think because of the switch in opponent, I think it's going to go the full 15 minutes. I wouldn't be surprised if there's a finish. But I always think like the switching opponent always throws off the guy that's originally on the card off a little bit. So that way he can feel like because he was training for Cody Garbrandt, which who's a striker. But I think Blackshear is more of like a. uh, He's a submission guy. Yeah, he's actually more of a submission guy. So having to change your entire training camp and just or your entire strategy in just a few short days is I think it's gonna be tough for Bautista, but I think he does grind it out. Well, Bautista's no no slacker in the significant strikes or the significant or or the submission game either. I think that he is a little bit better, well-rounded fighter. We we have watched Damon Blackshear before Ty. Um it's I think it's been at least a year ago though um and i can't remember who he fought but he he was good i do i think that mario Batista's just a little better i'm i'm picking him to win no yeah, yeah. he's short and sweet mario Batista gets yeah. it done yeah um well yeah you're actually right laurel because yeah he has um he has fought before um i totally forgot he actually was um he fought to a draw on the Vera versus Cruz fight. I think that was the fight that we saw. Yeah, I um, think so. But then he did lose a decision in the Jones on the Jones card. Um, actually, wait. Okay, no, I'm seeing it. So yeah, this actually will be Black Shear's third fight in three months. 
because he did fight on June 3rd. I totally did not realize that he... So ignore what I said about him being a newcomer because he definitely is not a newcomer by any stretch of imagination. Jordan, why don't you stop me from talking? I just, I, I want to, I love it. I just love it. <laughs> oh boy. I knew um, eventually you were going to catch on to it, but. Yeah. I was like, gosh, I messed that up. But anyway, I'm like, I think we've seen Blackshear fight, haven't we? Yeah, I, like I was hearing myself say his name at least a couple of times. Like, wait a second, no, that doesn't sound. Oh, and then that's awesome. why I looked back. Like, great, that was awesome. That should be a <laughs> minus one for Ty already. Yeah, that's gonna be a blooper reel soon. Um, put down all everything together. But all right, so all three of us are from Autista. Yep. Yeah. All right, Jordan, why don't you do this one because it's your guy, Ian Gary. Yep, Ian Gary, my guy. I will be picking him again to get it done versus Neil Magny. A much tougher test, but he'll be up for it. He's hyped up for it. He is a huge betting favorite, which I'm actually surprised because Neil Magny's a little, I think, underrated. Um, so mm-hmm. there is value on that if people want to bet on that. But I do think Ian Gary gets it done. Oh, wow. Yeah, he's a huge favorite. Yeah. I think it's actually if I look, yeah, I think he's actually the biggest favorite on the card, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah, he he's is. definitely the biggest favorite. Yeah. Um <clears throat> go ahead, Laurel. I gotta grab something anyway, so <laughs> go ahead. Yeah, I I I like Neil Magny. I love watching him fight, but after watching Gary fight that last time, and I think I ch- picked against him because I didn't think he would win. I'm hesitant to make the same mistake twice. Mm-hmm. Too fast, too quick. <laughs> so you're going yeah. Ian Gary as well? Yeah. Do it. Ian Gary. <laughs> I mean, Ty is such a party pooper. <laughs> Jesus. I mean, there's, I honestly just, see, actually, honestly, on this one, I was thinking, um, Neil Magny. <laughs> I think this fight might be a little bit close than people believe. Like the, uh, the odds, I'm like, I'm really surprised at how big of a favorite Ian Gary is. But I think Neil Magny is going to bring it. But I think it's going to, it's either going to go to decision or Gary's going to get a late finish. Mm. And it, it, it's nothing against Neil Magny because he's been one of the, I, I wouldn't say, yeah, I guess you could probably say, gatekeeper slash um one of the most well-known names in the welterweight division but this is definitely a big step for gary if he's gonna get into close to that top 10 but i think he gets that top 10 without any huge problems mm-hmm. yep all right so now we've reached our co-main events and as the late as the lady of the podcast laurel and because it is for the strawweight title why don't you go first? I hope Amanda Lemos loses to Jean Weili. I have been a big fan of Jean Weili ever since she fought Rose. And those two brawled in the octagon. And I hope that Jean Weili wins again. I I don't really doubt that Amanda Lemos can't do it. Um, 
I just like Zhang Wei Li as the better fighter. I like I like her better. Yeah, I think she's gonna just be like the more skilled fighter, more talented fighter. So uh Zhang Wei Li, uh even though Lemos is a good fighter herself, I just think Wei Li's too much to handle. Yeah, in the same boat. I think Wei Li is gonna be too I, I think <laughs> Jordan. Um, I think Lemos might make it more interesting than people let lead to believe. Mm-hmm. Um there's Lemos got here for a reason, although in my honest opinion, I feel like it should have been someone else that took Lemos's spots to fight Zhang Wei Li, not her. But yeah. as far as Amanda Lemos, she has come a long way. Um I know she had recent she hadn't recently lost. Um she had um she was submitted like she was like um I think arm a standing arm triangle some yeah and standing arm triangle lost to Jessica Andrade. Um mm-hmm. but except except for that fight, she has been on a tear. Like she has that's the only actually no, that's not the only fight. She did lose um in her UFC debut, but ever since then she has strung together, let's see, two, four, five, seven of her seven of her last eight win seven of her last eight fights have been victories for her. So I could see why they'd give it to her. Um and she does have pretty she has a sneaky submission game, but and like she has knockout power, but I think Zhang Wei Li is just like way too powerful for um and think, and fierce. She doesn't even care if she gets hit. She just comes back harder. Yeah. Oh, Zhang Weili. Yeah. Yeah. Like she's well, such an animal in the octagon. Well, except for if you get um, head kicked by Rose Namajunas. Well, that too. But either way. Hmm. Although I, I honestly would say the head kick probably just caught Zhang Weili by surprise. Yeah. Um. Because the second fight was a lot more competitive, um, and it's just so it's so strange. Um, and obviously, we're going to talk about it later on down the road that Rose is moving to flyweights because um, we did mention it on a podcast episode earlier. But it's just crazy how Jean, not Jean Weili, how Rose like knocked out two of the strongest straw weights probably in UFC history, and. Sadly, she's not the strawweight champion. Huh? Like she took, she knocked out Joanna. She knocked out Zhang Weili, but she couldn't even beat Carla Esparza. So anything can happen. That's why I love the sport. That's true. That is very true. All right, our main event though, I feel like is going. There's going to be some differences. Mm. Oh yeah. <laughs> Um, I'll I'll start it off. Um, so we have Alderman Sterling versus Sean O'Malley for the World Bantamweight Championship. Uh, I feel like this. So here's my thoughts. If Sean O'Malley can keep it standing, he'll probably get. He has a really good shot at winning. If Sterling backpacks him, brings to the ground any kind of clinch game. Even though Sean O'Malley says that he has solid wrestling, I have yet to see this solid wrestling. And I'm a firm believer of I need to see it to believe it. 
Um, and especially seeing how Sterling looked in his last fight against Henry Cejudo, which you could argue either way how you scored that fight or who won that fight. Um, it was interesting to see Sterling actually go toe-to-toe in the wrestling game with Henry Cejudo and actually hold his own pretty well. Um and he actually kind of did the same thing with Peter Yan because Yan was a striker. That's kind of how Sterling neutralizes hit the strikers that he like tries to go about the wrestling. But don't be don't be mistaken that Sterling does have some good striking in him as well. Um, when I think of Sean O'Malley, like it's just it's one of those bizarre situations where one punch will knock you out. Like he's, he's definitely one of the heaviest hitters in the Bantamweight division, which is kind of surprising with how his body frame looks to say the least. Um, I mean, Sterling is a lot, Sterling is shorter, but that, I think that kind of gives him an edge and I would really love to see how Sterling, not Sterling, how O'Malley is able to handle the submission attempts or any kind of wrestling. Because the only time he's ever been like on the ground, well, actually, I can go back to his fight against um, oh, what's his name, Andre Sukumatov. I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but it was like one of his very first fights, and he like hurt his leg, so all they could do, all Andre could do, was take him down. Well, took him down, but he should have like kept him standing up, and he couldn't really defend really well against the ground game and so that is something that would concern me about O'Malley um I think a lot of people are underestimating Aldrin Sterling Sean O'Malley said himself that he's one of the I think he's probably the he's getting close to being the best bantamweight in UFC history and with everything said and having watched both these fighters very closely I am actually going to say, and still, I think uh, Sterling finds a way to utilize that ground game and he gets the finish. Law? I've been thinking about this all day long. (laughs) (laughs) But I... I believe, in my opinion, the the thing that that made me finally decide who I'm going to pick came down to records and and how fighters win. And I think that Aljamain Sterling, if he thinks that this is going to be kind of a stand up battle and it's going to go his way because he lets a lot of these things go to decision. I think that he's going to lose. And I think that he'll look that Sean O'Malley is going to win. And I'm not even a big Sean O'Malley fan, but I do believe that he has knockout power and that Sterling hasn't necessarily been tested by guys with, as good of a knockout power as what Sean O'Malley has. I'm guessing you're going sugar Sean O'Malley then. Yeah, I think I'm going to do it. Okay. 
See, I like that. I like that. Because this guy right here <laughs> will show it. I mean, first of all, Aljo has not faced anybody uh, as tall or even taller than him. Uh, shot him at his four inches taller than him. And this is the first time that Aljo will be the shorter guy in the fight, uh, reach-wise as well. He has never fought somebody with a longer reach. And uh, that's going to be a problem for him because he's used to, like, a little Peter Yan and a little, you know, um, who else did he? CJ uh, Dillashaw. Yeah, Henry Cejudo. He's, that's way different than fighting. That's way different than fighting a tall, lanky, quick and fast uh, knockout power that Romali has. So while I do expect Sean to struggle a bit, especially if it goes to the ground, I think he can get back up with some of his submissions and really do like a, like a Kimura escape, stuff like that, just in case if it goes to the ground. But he's going to keep it on the feet. And uh, there's going to be magic in the air. And, you know, it's just one of those times that, you know, where were you when this guy won and started his run? This is one of it. Sean O'Malley gets it done and you. Funny you mentioned the whole reach thing because as I was reading it up, um, O'Malley actually, despite being four inches taller, he's only gonna have one inch reach. Yep. And which is Sterling has never even fought somebody with a longer reach than him. So mm -hmm. usually he always has like the four inch reach advantage, like him versus Peter Yan, and he was still getting clipped by Yan. So it's gonna be interesting. Mm -hmm. But I mean, even against Peter Yan, even against Henry Cejudo, <laughs> it's too late. Uh, <laughs> even against TJ Dillashaw, he he, well, except for TJ Dillashaw, but Peter Pedro Munoz. I mean, those all went decisions. Like he, he doesn't finish, and. I don't think any girl wants to hear that, though. Yeah, I know it. That's why I can't <laughs> pick him. <laughs> Doesn't finish. Everything goes to decision, and I just don't think that he can let that happen this time around. Yeah, I will. I will say about about that is that I think when it comes, oh gosh, that just sounds weird. Um. Jesus. When the situation when the situation arises, I think he can. Um, because I mean, if you look at who he's fought in before the title, he I mean, yeah, let me see. Ever since his lot, like so he's on a winning he's on a huge winning streak, obviously. Um oh. yeah, and actually if you look, ever since he lost to Marlon Marias back on twenty back in twenty seventeen. You you could say yeah he's only had three fin he's only finished his opponent three times two by submission and obviously one of the submissions came as a title eliminator fight and then obviously he TKO'd TJ Dillashaw um, of course TJ Dillashaw will, will say oh it was my shoulder I couldn't really defend that well like well why did you go into the fight in the first place but so Laurel you you make a really good point like he. It, he kind of like grinds his way to the decision, but I don't know something about this fight kind of makes me think that this that this title fight 
is not going to go the full 25 minutes. I think this fight's going to be a finish one way or the other. Because I think Sean O'Malley, although I one thing I would keep an eye on for Sean O'Malley because he's never been in a five round fight and that like any I feel like every fighter should at least be in one five round fight before they fight for a title and I think that's what leans me more towards Sterling's because he's more geared towards going a full 25 minutes we don't know what Sean O'Malley's gas tank's gonna look like is he gonna tire out is he going to because he's gonna try to look to finish that first or second round I mean I know he's gone to decision a few times but how well is this tank going to go if it gets to the fourth round, if it goes to the fifth round? I think that's kind of the reason why I'm leaning towards Sterling because he has that five-round experience where O'Malley, I don't think he's ever been in a five-round fight unless, at least in the UFC, he's never been in a five-round fight. Yeah, I'm looking through that right now, and I don't think he has, mostly because he knocks a lot of his opponents out yep. in round one or – he chokes them out or um yeah let's see he's never had to take it five i guess although i don't think he's ever been mm-hmm. yeah. all of his were set to go three yeah i'm actually reading all of his fights he he has never been in a fourth or a fifth round I'm guessing this fight though isn't going to go five rounds. Yeah, I mean, if it if I'd be surprised if it does go the full twenty five minutes. Um, I mean, it would just be something to keep an eye on. Like if it if it hits that fourth round, let's see how uh, Sean O'Malley's gas tank is then. Oh, he's been in one five round fight as an amateur. As an amateur, okay. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Looking at all, like he's been. There's knockout TKO knockouts submit. Oh, he does have a submission on his. Oh, mm-hmm. that's in, but that was oh that was actually way like that was his third professional fight. Um, decision knockout yeah. knockout knockout K- TKO, and then decision decision. Um, then actually let me uh let me just say this, Sean O'Malley will finish the fight, but he will not knock out Aljo. He will not mm. knock out. Oh, like a TKO? He's going to submit him. Whoa. That would be interesting to see. He had a guillotine, guillotine choke in round one against Takanari Gomi. He oh, will but... display his jiu-jitsu and he will get him. He will catch him. And he does have a rear naked choke submission of against Omar Alivar, but that was back in the I his IFs ICF days in oh intense championship fighting. That's what it was. Well, in his pro round pro in 2019. <laughs> it doesn't count. No, yeah, he does. Yeah. He knows how to do it. Yeah. He knows how to do it. Yeah, we'll see if he can we'll We'll see, Jordan. It'll be interesting to see if he does end up getting that submission. If he does, I will be... Actually, I think I'll be more shocked if he... I think that will be the one result that I'll be really shocked if it does happen, if O'Malley submits him. 
Well, he has a black belt. He's been he's been competing in jujitsu tournaments. He's he knows what he's doing. So yeah. we'll see. what we should be betting on is how he's gonna wear his hair for this event. Braided purple. Braided. Green. He's got, he's got a lot of like it's he's got multicolored hair now because I did watch the um press conference. I did he watch him on the out. press conference. Let me see if I can. He looks swagged out. <laughs> See if I can pull it up real quick. Oh, oh wow, coldest KO. Okay. Um. Oh, his wait. That don't think that's right. Oh, here we go. Hold on. Let's see. He no. See, it's gonna turn it down for a second. Oh yeah, it's like here. I'll show you. You can't see it that well, but it's like yellow, pink, purple, green, all those colors. Hmm. So I'd assume he's gonna be wearing something. Oh yeah, it's like it's like a freaking. He looks like a freaking skittle right now. <laughs> Swagged out skittle. Swagged out skittle. But that does cover UFC two ninety two. Um, figure we'd really quick. Oh, actually, speaking of two ninety two, um, on that same card we will have two new Ultimate Fighters crowned yeah. as oh. champions. Yeah. So and those fights will be in the prelim portion for prelim portion of the fight. Those will be, I think, the first two prelims. Correct. Um, we'll have I can't remember what the order was, but I know it's Brad Katona versus Cody Gibson for the Bantamweight finale. Um, and then we have Kurt Holobaugh against Austin Hubbard for the lightweight finale. Yeah. Two good fights. Yeah. All four of them formally or are on Team Chandler. The only one that technically isn't on Team Chandler is uh, Brad Katona, only because he switched teams. Yeah. He switched teams? Yeah, because it was... He doesn't play for the same team? Or he does? <laughs> um, yeah, so I think it was... So who was he, it? He's um, originally... He trains out of McGregor's gym, like before the Ultimate Fighter, so... Yeah. When he got the chance, he just switched. Yeah, it was did he fight in polos? Did he? Did he? Uh, <laughs> did he warm up in polos? <laughs> yeah, I mean, he probably did. Wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Because I texted Laurel because Conor McGregor was training in like this athletic polo. I'm like, who the f trains in a po athletic polo? <laughs> McGregor does. That's the stupidest thing I've ever seen in my life. But you know what? Let he he can do he can let him do his thing, I guess. Um, but yes, the fine takes his training shirt out of the closet and wears it around. <laughs> he's either wear he was either wearing like a polo athletic polo in training, or he's wearing a McGregor fast um cut off sleeve. Oh God. Um, yeah, that's pretty much all he wore when he was training, but. The final episode, Cody Gibson defeated the final member of Team McGregor that was left standing. Uh, Rico mm -hmm. Dis... Okay, I'm not going to try to pronounce his last name. Um, arm triangle submission. And Rico was really upset with that. Like, he like he was looking pretty decent until he got, like, caught with that. And he, like, like he was mad at himself that he got caught with that. Yeah. Um, and... 
props to Cody Gibson because I think he was fighting through an injury. He was, and he's like, because it was like the injury of like if he couldn't fight, like he was going to be pulled from the tournament altogether. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. good showing for him. Um, so yeah, all team Chandler, um, minus Katona. Oh, all team Chandler finals. Sorry, minus Katona, who originally was on Chandler's team. Um, big thing, not a single prospect made it to the finale. Crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, if you guys watch the Ultimate Fighter, what do you think of the final? I guess you could say the final dinners because. Uh, was it Chandler did a crawfish bucket with them, and then McGregor took them out for like steaks at the Green Valley Ranch? <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> now, but what would you prefer, crawfish or steak? Steak. I know you would prefer steak. Uh, neither. Really. You know, when I go out to eat, I like to eat a grilled cheese with a bacon. That's <laughs> a good indicator of a good restaurant. This is a quality grilled cheese with bacon. <laughs> well, I'll also remember when I, you open... I... Go ahead. I'll say, I'll just remember when you open up your own restaurant to look out for the grilled cheese with bacon. Right. It's going to be specialty grilled cheese restaurant. I like crawfish, but they're so messy all the time. And then you got that one guy that sucks the head off, and it's disgusting. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, um, before we move on to our main news, what did we think of season 31 of The Ultimate Fighter as a whole? Yeah. yeah. Too much focus on Connor. I just think it would have been better if fans knew that the fight was actually going to take place. Yeah, yeah that's, that's true. true. That's very true. It's a shame because we don't know when or if that fight will take place. Well, it's it's not, right? Because he's already signed up for a pay-per-view. Connor's next fight's on a pay-per-view. Um, I thought I heard that today. Connor said like he what he is gonna like he said he is gonna fight Chandler, but we don't know. And Dana White said that he that those two are gonna fight, but we don't know when it's gonna happen. That they, they said at the end of the finale that they're gonna fight at a future event. They just don't know the date, the time, the place, all that. They just know that they're gonna fight at some point. Although Connor did, <clears throat> Connor was saying that they were going to fight on the December pay per view, but that's, I know for a fact that's not going to happen. Uh, even Jordan said himself, like, that's not going to happen. So huh. we'll probably, we're probably looking at 2024 at some point. Although, I, you know, what would be really funny though if he tried to hold off until UFC 300 because you know how big that card's going to be well we'll get to that now since we're going to UFC news Go for I, it. I'm not I'm not paying money I'm not even going to steal the stream to watch Conor McGregor <laughs> fair enough but apparently Jordan has some information uh, some yeah. 
So I can't say for since we're already here with the UFC news, the biggest topic of them all is UFC 300. And I can say that UFC 300 will consist of some type of trilogy will be on the card. A trilogy will be on the card? Some type of trilogy will be on the card. Some type of trilogy. So if you can think of all the possible trilogies you can think of, there is that that is a possibility. I I am like ninety percent sure a trilogy will be at UFC three hundred. I would be I would just say this. I'll be very 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 confused and worried that there's not a trilogy on this fight in this card. Oh yeah, three hundred number three makes sense. So that's what that's what I'll say. Um, as Laurel's like trying to wrap her brain around like what kind of trilogies could there be? There's only two for me that come to mind, and I feel like one of those could be it. And it's something that I think Jordan, you and I have talked about outside of the podcast. Yes. Um I would think that there could possibly be if I were to put on my, if I were to get my crystal ball out and like predict, it's either going to, it's, I think it could be, if what you say is true, it could be a bantamweight fight or a middleweight fight, or actually a, it could be a light heavyweight fight, depending on how they shape, how the shape of things go about. Yeah. There's a lot of avenues they can go in and that would be uh I'll be highly uh, confused if it's not a trilogy fight on my card. Yeah. Um, I think one thing to keep in mind, because I have been trying to keep taps on it as well, um, I won't be surprised at all if it doesn't happen, but... I will be surprised if it does not happen. <laughs> Let's just say, like, I feel like there could be a potential big return coming onto that card. Yes. Laurel's confused. Uh well I think I'll tell her once we're done the podcast. <laughs> but actually I'm confused quite often, so <laughs> um but speaking uh well we'll get to another 300 in a minute but we were gonna break I think because this news kind of broke a little bit when we were on the pod or maybe the day before we were on the pod last week, but UFC 293 finally has a main event. Do you, know, do you know who it is, Laurel? No, I'm so confused. We have <laughs> Israel Adesanya defending oh. his middleweight title against Sean Strickland. Oh my goodness! Yeah, apparently, that's amazing. Apparently, Dreyfus Duplessis um is still injured, and he wasn't going to make the card on time. And Jordan, you alluded to it a couple podcasts ago that keep an eye on Sean Strickland, possibly fighting for a title. Told you. He did allude to it, <laughs> and that pay per view will take place in Sydney, Australia. Um, oh, and I wrote down in my notes, Jordan had a feeling this might be the case. 
Um, and then the co-main event for that card is going to be Tai Tuivasa versus Alexander Volkov. That was just a good co-main event. Yeah. Also, last week, uh, Jack Della Maddalena and Kevin Holland got announced. Yes. Uh, Jack Della... Help me out again. Jack Della, Jack Della Maddalena. Maddalena. Yep. And Kevin Holland will be the co-main event to the UFC Noche um, car- fight card, which the main event is Grosso versus Shevchenko 2. And talking about that card, I can say... I can say mm-hmm. that uh, Daniel Rodriguez is out of that fight. Is that oh, he's fight? the one that pulled out. Yes. Oh, man. So let me search up if they came out with the details already. I mean, hopefully I'm the first. I mean, I'm probably not. <laughs> okay, yeah, this broke an hour ago. Wow, so I was... If we would have started earlier, maybe I could have been the first one. But oh. yeah, he, he got... It was a drug test. Uh, that he got tested positive for and it was something um that he did not know it was like a supplement that he was taking and he didn't know that it had so he's gonna be out uh and usada we'll tell him how long he's out for but yeah he will be out of his fight with ponzanibio so they're gonna need a replacement for that yeah yeah it says he had tested a positive for low levels of osterine, which is one of the most yeah. controversial substances on the banned list. Yeah. Uh, notified out of competition sample. Yep. Uh, I did not, he didn't intentionally use it, nor he knowingly used any, pr- so it looks like he thinks it was a contaminated supplement. Yeah. So I think, I think I, think I did hear you say that. Yeah. So that's that as well. That's all, that's all the MMA news I got for today. Mm-hmm. Um, man, that's a bummer because he actually he's actually one of the one of my well not one of my favorite fighters, but he's definitely one fighter that I enjoy watching. So that's kind of a bummer. Um, I do have speaking of what we were talking about UFC three hundred a little bit. I didn't think that we would get to the day that Bellator would catch up to UFC as far as their numbered. But I guess because they only do it once a month and Bellator does like a numbered card, like what, twice a month sometimes. But Laurel, you'll be excited for this. Bellator 300 is, I put it in all caps, stacked, son. <laughs> you'll be excited for that. <laughs> yes, I am very excited for this. So Bellator 300, um, Laura and I kind of like talk a little bit about Bellator at times. Jordan, do you watch any Bellator? I watch every once in a while, especially if they have a good card. So this will be one of them. Yes. Uh, because there are gonna there are gonna be four title fights on this card. Insanity. More than UFC 200. Well, actually, I think 200 almost had no, maybe they had three. One, two. I think they had like three. Like actually, I think they might have had four. No, yeah, I think they initially did have four, but I think what two of them had to pull out because of a drug test and a um. There's something else that came up too, but anyways, um, the four title fights, and I'll go from bottom to top. So we have Liz Carmouche. Name sounds familiar, right? 
Yep. She'll be defending her women's flyweight title against one of my favorite Bellator fighters, Alima Lee McFarlane. And then we have we have Laurel, we have a Numaga Madoff defending his title. I saw that. Usman Numaga Madoff against Brett Primus. And apparently I think this is a rematch for them. Uh, they're going to battle for the lightweight title as part of the Bellator Lightweight World Grand Prix semifinals. The co-main events is going to be the return of Chris Cyborg against, and this is going to break my heart if uh, it's one of my favorite female fighters of all time, Kat Zingano, going to be fighting for the at the co-main event for the women's featherweight title. And our main events... Um, a guy that really should have fought for the UFC light heavyweight title but never did, Ryan Bader, the f- current UFC, I'm sorry, the current Bellator heavyweight champion, will be facing Linton Vassal for the second time for the heavyweight title, which will headline the stacked UFC uh, Bellator 300. I'll be tuning in. Yep. Great card. Uh, Oh yeah, um, it's gonna take place Saturday, October seventh in San Diego, California. Um, there is a little bit of a rumor with this fight, actually. Um, and I totally forgot to do research on this, but um, one of the trying to think, one of the, I guess the slogans for the card was um, it was like something the end, which kind of got everyone interested. But there is rumor that Bellator 300 could be the final Bellator event before the Bellator PFL merger. That makes sense. Well, I cannot speak on any of that since uh, (laughs) if anybody can tie what I do with uh, my writing and all that and who and what may be speculated, so, but yes. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I feel like a lot of, like, not just writers or people who follow the sport, but I think some of the athletes of Bellator are even, like, even thinking, like, this could possibly be the end of Bellator. Um, but I guess before we end, um, since we're talking about Bellator 300, out of these four title fights, which one are, which fight are you two the most excited for? Uh, I'd probably say Bader just because he's, you know, used to be in the UFC. You know, he has the name for it. I mean, that's why he's main eventing it. So probably Bader. Okay. I'm gonna go cat. Yeah. I would definitely go cat um as well. Um Bader definitely I I think um, especially the I think the Dermagomedo fight too will be interesting, but I feel I just have a feeling that one might be the most lopsided title fight out of all of them. That one could be a bloodbath. Yeah, that's maybe why I would like it, that fight. <laughs> yeah, I'm just gonna be really bummed out if um I I really want to see Katzengano win a title. But this one's going to be really tough. 
Um, and I, I want to see Alima Lee McFarlane get her title back too, but Liz Carmouche is as tough as they come. But it should be interesting. I think that's all I'm sure. Yep. I go. So, so, we, so we had some fight announcements. We talked about some fights. Talked about UFC. We talked about Bellator. Jordan is playing with his dog right now. So I think with that, with the dog coming into the picture, I think it is, that's the end of the podcast. But we, with, with the dog's got to make a podcast appearance, so. Uh, it is pretty late, so. <laughs> there she is. America. <laughs> yes it is getting late here on the east coast and i know especially in you're still in central time right laurel i am i'm just in minnesota <laughs> so central. We, so we will end it here because all three of us are very sleepy after covering such a huge episode mm-hmm. but trying to remember our outro if you have any questions you have any comments if you want to join our FKTC group chats, um, yeah, anything like that, you can join. Uh, find our podcast page at, FK- at FKTC Pod, or you can reach us individually by reaching Roll at Rain Basin, Jordan at Jordan T Lopez, and me Ty at Ty Fly Guy fifteen. Um, until then, protect your faces from Laurel's kicks. Protect your necks from my. Protect your necks from my throat cuddles. Watch out for Jordan's flying knees. And what is the number one golden rule? Never leave the decision in the hands of the judges. Mm-mm. And we will be back next week. Uh, UFC. Oh. I know it's an early card. Mm-mm. Oh. <laughs> I'm trying to remember what the name of it is. Um, UFC Fight Night. It's in um, not South Korea. It's not in China either. I can't remember where the fight where this fight card is at. It was in Singapore. Singapore, thank you. Yeah, that's what I thought. Um Jordan should be excited about that one because um a certain someone's gonna be on that card. Yeah, no, I'm not excited. It's gonna be a murder in the main event, but it's okay. Oh yeah, that's right. That it yeah, that's gonna be really bad. Um, but we'll be here to cover it. But until then. Yeah, I guess until then, we will see you all next week. Bye. Peace.